0: are you looking to create timeless beauty in your garden it's always a great idea to add roses at heirloom roses they know that the best roses start with the best roots which is why they only hand propagate own root roses these own root roses will outlive and outshine grafted roses from the big box stores resulting in stronger disease resistance and a longer lifespan and stunning blooms that are always true to the variety Heirloom Roses is located in Oregon, is a family-owned business that grows over 900 varieties of roses for gardening zones 3 through 10. Use their great search tool to narrow down your choice based on zone, fragrance, growth habit, color, and more. Plus, they have a one-year guarantee, so if your rose doesn't thrive in its first year, they will replace it for free. Heirloom Roses is also committed to producing only disease-free plants and genetically test all of their roses to ensure the cleanest plant material possible. You can have peace of mind knowing your newest rose will be healthy and ready to thrive and blossom for years to come. As a special offer for our listeners, Heirloom Roses is offering a 20% discount off all roses using Backyard20 code at checkout now through September 30th, 2023. And since they ship all year round, You can choose the perfect ship date for your garden. It's time to experience growing roses the way nature intended, on their own roots. Visit them at heirloomroses.com to find your next rose today and take 20% off with Backyard 20.
1: To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How
0: good they will taste. Batavia, do you want to hear how hot it is here right now?
1: I can see it on your face.
0: Yeah. Well, I just got done surfing, so I'm probably a little bit red. I went into my beehive the other day, and the frames are made out of wax, and the wax is literally melting inside of the hive. It is that hot outside.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. We got to talk about managing our gardens, not bees, but gardens in the heat. And it's going to be a brutal one. So, um, yeah. What's the temperatures like at your neck of the woods right now? You know, it's... I know I have you beat, but still. Yeah.
1: You know what's interesting? Doing this show with you and, you know, being connected in one way or another through social media... All right, come on. It's not funny. This is a serious moment on a special episode. I know. It's
0: just, it's sweet. That's why I laugh. It's just sweet. I know it's sweet. Oh, you're Go being ahead. so
1: sweet. Let me laugh at you. Yeah, that, that makes sense <laughs> to me, too.
0: <laughs>
1: is that your uncomfortable way of dealing with, you know, a tender moment on the Backyard no. Gardens podcast?
0: <laughs> no. It's just my way of dealing with life.
1: Wait, wait. So... Side note, because this is what I do. I was literally doing a video and I left it in because I thought it was so funny. It's funny to me. That's, you know, most times what matters. So I was, I said, my buddy Ben and I were talking about this on the Backyard Gardens podcast. So I go into the whole spiel about, you know, new episodes on every Thursdays, yada, yada, yada. And so then I got to the end and (laughs) I was like, what were we talking about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then you cut to the, okay, I remember, you know, so anyway, um, In in true form, I got what I was going to say. So the connection between, you know, you and I and, you know, hearing from other gardeners really has reminded me of how fortunate, you know, I am with weather and where I am for summer. Let me just clarify, because these winters aren't anything to pluck with. right? Um, Yeah. And even still, it's kind of like my high temperatures are like gonna be in the nineties to answer you more directly. But that becomes really hot for how my garden is acclimated to weather. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, if you could grow food and it's a hundred degrees, like that's pretty badass, right? You know? Yeah. But your area, your climate, your soil, your plants, you know, like you talk about native plants and things, like it's recognizes it's gonna be a hundred degrees, right? It doesn't mean it's like, you know, swinging in the breeze or anything but your 100 degrees is obviously hot but my 90 degrees for my area is really hot you know
0: well and i mean the thing is is um i've actually had some people on my youtube channel we've been talking about seeds and stuff lately and i've had some comments um i don't know if people are aware there's like this whole fiasco with seeds this year where a distributor mixed up seeds and people are growing stuff that's not really turning out what they expected it to be, but this is something that I've talked about on the show and I've talked about with Batavia privately, um, where I'm saving seeds year to year because after a certain amount of year, apparently, supposedly, the seed gets acclimatized acclimatized to your climate. Mm and it can grow better not like totally radically change it but just be more used to your growing conditions and those genetics that you've raised mm-hmm. so I mean you know there's there's a thing to be said about buying seeds from your area you know what I mean yeah, and that's yeah. something that I'm trying to take practice in and you know there's, there's a lot of distributors out there that are very different in geographical location and especially where they get their seeds and stuff so um, yeah, it's going to be like this week, it's going to be like three or four days. It'll be 96, 98 degrees. So it's really hot right now and it's taking a toll on my garden as we speak. So we need to figure out ways to combat that. And I think um, now is the time to do it, it. It's now or never, right? Is it
1: combat it or is it manage it or do those mean the same thing to you?
0: To me, it means the same thing. I mean, it's basically, in my mind, it's like, you know, managing pests and raging war on pests. It's the same thing, you know? It's like, either way, you've got to conquer it somehow. Yeah. Even if it's just... I mean, I'm not saying you're going to take it if it's 95 degrees outside and make it 65. You're Mm -hmm. not going to do that, but you can mitigate the effects to an extent. And a couple degrees makes a big difference. Very big difference. So. Yeah. That's important to know. But I do want to say one thing real quick. If you love the show as much as we do, please feel, feel free to join our Patreon or become an Apple subscriber. Um, all the links are in the description below. Um, And we also have t-shirts for sale, which we haven't talked about a lot. We were talking about them before the show. So check us out. Links below for that. Um, Those definitely help out the show a lot. So please feel free to enjoy some of that stuff. And um, also... Get ready to learn, because we're both going to learn about managing heat, too. I'm sure we can come up with some new ideas between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Actually, three, because Leonard's here today. Mm -hmm. He graced us with his presence, partially.
1: (laughs) His contributions have always remained questionable, but sure.
0: Yeah. So, um, I would say the first thing, and I know this is not the sexiest topic but it's it comes back again to understanding your climate (laughs) i just think that's very important this year especially there's something super special going on do you know what it is
1: i do not but i'm excited it's el nino it sure is he's back
0: (laughs) so um yeah so that's what's going on this year in north america (laughs) um And I'll just give you a quick brief of what it is. It's basically the Pacific temperature um, warms up and it causes, it wreaks havoc on the ocean temperatures, which the ocean Mm -hmm. covers all of our weather. And I know I live on the coast and Batavia doesn't, but it's still affecting her weather as well. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what you can expect is to have, and we've seen this this year, we've had a wetter summer this year. You know, we haven't really like I think I just saw the other day I looked at the drought monitor for my area and we're like dead even for the year where typically we're, you know, run a little dry. Mm-hmm. And the winters will be milder and wetter. Hmm. So in the south of the United States, at least. OK, OK. So, yeah. Um, so, the, you know, these things are this is what's affecting our weather patterns right now. So it's just important to remember that going into it. And I remember we had like a really mild spring and they were saying it's going to be a hot summer and I was like no way it never got hot and here we are and I'm like I'm not even trying to go outside like the garden's on its yeah. own right now so yeah. um, you know it kind of is what it is but um, that's the first thing to understand when we get into this so once you understand that then you can start mitigating or handling the heat as needed and so the first thing I would say would be I hate this topic too Heat resistant varieties.
1: Hmm. Um, so, There's the eye roll. Uh, yeah. There's
0: the eye roll. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let me, let me comment on knowing your climate a bit. Um, and I mean, you've, in a lot of cases, have probably lived in that area for multiple seasons. You yeah, know, obviously people move, but right. if the majority of folks have lived in that area for, you know, several seasons, you think you know, right? If you've gardened in those seasons, you probably do. But if you've lived and maybe this is your first or second year gardening, like it's really easy to get caught up in what being described. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, this definitely is a bad summer for, you know, for me and my garden. The question at first I'm going to ask is, is it really, you know? So for me, if I go back to spring, it was a uber dry spring. Like the record, the weatherman stood on my television every day and said, we haven't had rain for X number of days. Right. And then um in july we had flooding you know county to county right you know so i knew that it was uh, unseasonably wet and rainy right you know so it was very easy to know that generally speaking it's like oh that's good for the garden well you know it depends on how much, how fast, right? So then you go into like July or August. I I know what the weather should look like. I have like the weather record. <laughs> you know? Like I can look back and say what my weather has been like. And so... Where do
0: you get that record from? What's that? Where do you get that record from? Go ahead and shout the it out. The only
1: place that anyone should ever get a record. <laughs> timeanddate.com there are if you work for time
0: please reach out to the backyard gardens podcast because we are not affiliated with you and apparently we would love to be affiliated with you
1: I feel like Siri should know like my <laughs> alarm should be set. And then she should read things from timeanddate.com. Like that makes me happy. Not all seriousness, you can go back and look at past weather. And it's just in a very succinct way. It, it speaks to my, the way I calculate information and comprehend it. Um, and so as I look at July, so past month, I can say, okay, so temperatures, are they in line with, you know, what's forecasted with what was passed and then going into August and the same thing. Generally, August is probably the hottest month for us. You know, and a lot of people. Yeah. Right. So there's that you're already starting with the temperatures are rising. And we do know that some vegetables really even summer vegetables, you know, heat tolerant, heat loving vegetables don't like it as hot as what we're describing. You know, Um, so then you fold into, you know, your heat tolerant things. And I do I kind of roll my eyes at it because on the one hand. The things that are noted as heat tolerant, you know, like my, my favorite lettuce, which I keep on forgetting, I need to start. They don't like heat. They shouldn't be grown in the summer anyway. Um, yeah. But I do know the dance that we're doing when it comes to what's already growing and what we're getting ready for fall. So that is a really tricky, tricky wicket. Well, I, you
0: know, I think what we need to understand too. Um, so first of all, I'm not a believer in the heat tolerant rhetoric that comes with seeds and stuff like that. I've just, I've tried it. It doesn't work. But in the defense of the people who market and breed these seeds and label them as heat tolerant, I think what it comes down to is it's not heat tolerant to what we expect it to be Mm -hmm. heat tolerant. I think what it is, is honestly, it's. Heat tolerant to what, I mean, if the vegetable bolts when it gets 65 degrees, you know, which are seven, let's just say 75, because I think that's like the trigger point for lettuce right around 75 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be able to push it to 80, but if you're getting into the 90s and upper 90s, like, I mean, you're asking for a lot from that seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that we need to keep our expectations level grounded i would say just like we need to understand what it's talking about um now i've grown some stuff that i've gotten from a certain seed company that says grows great in india Mm -hmm. and it bolted like immediately and i'm like "Well, what part of india are you in you must be in the himalayas (laughs) or something so you know there's things like that that are an issue um i i don't want to go too far past this before we talk about the effects the heat has on the plant itself okay so um you know just like flower drops Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. low production um stuff like that i mean i'm not going to get into the biology of it but you know these are the things that you can expect like right now i have a better boy tomato and to my surprise so far earlier in the year i was like this thing is really pumping well, it's now kind of struggling. <laughs> it's looking a little pale. Um, it gets a little wilty in the middle of the day. Comes back, you know. It doesn't have a disease or anything bad on it like that, but it's just it's not handling the heat well. Sure. Um, I'm getting. I'm not really getting a lot of tomatoes off of it, which is sad. But at the same time, I don't think that I need to pull that tomato because first of all, it's an indeterminate, and we know the story behind those. Um, I think what it is is managing that heat through this time period so that we can get it to get back to producing once the heat breaks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're having a heat wave or something like that, you know, typically speaking, it can't stay crazy hot for real long periods of time. It will break. And then you can expect the production to pick back up.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Is that a...
0: good enough explanation yeah think, i mean i think or? kind of
1: what are the effects i think it's important to note um it actually you made me think about um kind of i have two i have a couple of spots for tomatoes but the two areas that multiple tomatoes are planted in um i tried to single stem some tomatoes in both places the backyard garden like I was gonna say D minus, give me an F for my, my single okay. stem back there. Failed. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> failed. Um. <laughs> so I have like a semi naked plant, you know, cause I started off strong and then like three days later it's like, eh. uh, But the front yard guard, like I kick butt. Like I felt like I got them all, all the suckers, right? You know, so I'm watching the single stem and all of the, you know, fruit clusters, flower clusters coming off of that stem. And it dawned on me today as I was looking at the plants. You know, you've seen it over the years, you know, every flower doesn't produce a tomato, right? You know, and so it occurred to me that if I'm lucky, I will actually end up getting far fewer tomatoes than I really wanted on these single stem plants. So you look at something like going into August, I don't have a whole lot more opportunity for those plants to put on new flowers because I've cut all of those suckers off right you know so the plant can continue to grow higher taller so that's one thing that and it can continue to produce um fruit that way but i look at it and say you know oh i may be starting to develop some opinions true opinions about you know single stemming i've decreased my chance of this plant battling the heat by my action right you know
0: the single stemming mafia is coming Uh, out listen listen girl excuse me you
1: have pictures of my garden but you really don't know where I stay (laughs) that's me being tough (laughs) Uh, but no in all seriousness so it made me think about like the flowers dropping you know the um, desire to which I'm sure you'll get to like I was thinking about the analogy of adding putting more clothes on You know, when it's hot and what that does to you, like your body's trying to compensate for that extraness, you know. And that's the same thing when it comes to having more fruit on a plant, you know, even having, you know, more leaves on a plant, too. But, you know, you have all of this, uh, these eggplants and things that you didn't harvest that are sitting on that plant. And one more layer of clothing that the plant needs to deal with in this heat. Yeah. I
0: mean, you know, it's kind of like I was... I was talking on um, a video that I have coming out or has just come out something. I don't know. I can't keep up with the dates. But um, I was talking about my determinant tomatoes. Mm. And, you know, I know you've seen them. They look pitiful. Well, one set of them look pitiful. And um, the other set looks fine. And I was kind of saying, and I didn't actually use this analogy and I wish I would have. I'm going to go back and rerecord it now. <laughs> um, determinant tomatoes are like Usain Bolt. They sprint. They just push, (laughs) and they grow, and they produce as fast as possible, as hard as possible, and they use up all their energy, and then they're done. It's kind of like, I did use this as like a kid. You know, you remember when you're a kid, you're like, damn, my knees hurt, my legs hurt, and you're growing and stuff, (laughs) but then you have indeterminate tomatoes that are like marathon runners, and they just keep going nice and slow (laughs) and producing, and so, you know, when we look at our gardens and stuff like that, like, that's the benefit with those, But for me, it doesn't work because of this heat, right? So I'm in the sweet spot right now. I've got one set of plants running out, and then I've got another set of plants coming into fruit. So I'm in this real sweet spot. I actually nailed it this year, finally. And it's like, I met my canning requirements for the year already off of my first set. Yeah. My goal was to can 11 cans of tomatoes at minimum. And so I met that and now I have four more plants, which is more plants than I had before that I can do whatever I want with. So, you know, and the seeds that I'm using, though, which is important to note, were raised and saved from, um, I think they came from Virginia originally and their climate's a lot like ours. So we have that. You know The seed already has in there Like it's used More used to the heat Than if I grew like A northern variety Or something like that So um, Like if I grew A northern bell pepper Like what is it The northern king
1: Yeah King of the north Bell pepper
0: It may Uh King of the north It may struggle More here I don't know I've never grown it But my You know My inkling would be That it would kind of Struggle here In this extreme heat That we have
1: So you know I think I think your area um, Qualifies for extreme heat right you know
0: we have periods of extreme heat yeah yeah.
1: well uh, what i mean is um at the opening i said like 90s consistent 90s for us that's like you know it's a heat warning i'm sure like if we get to 99 you know they have cooling centers out and all um but generally again why they got cooling centers uh, up there i mean y'all ain't got ac Everyone doesn't. You know, it's definitely something that they consider for seniors, especially. But anyone that may be living. I mean, it's not a standard to have um, a home that has air conditioning.
0: Um, As soon as that came out of my mouth, I remembered when I lived in New England, I didn't have air conditioning and it sucked. Yeah. I
1: think that's the origination of you know my first time hearing, it's not that hot girl, sit still, for my grandfather. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a summer where uh, where the, the air conditioning hadn't been put into the window yet. Uh, separate note, side note, um, we, you know, small house, and you keep the basement door closed, you know, because basins are generally cooler, but no one's really down there, so you don't want all of that good air conditioning to go into the basement. And I can actually picture myself My mom and I were at home. My grandfather came home from work, and the back door was the back um, basement door was open. And the disappointment that he expressed—he wasn't a big swearer or anything like that—about you know, like you all want to sit in this cool house, but you can't even keep this door closed. Um, So, anywho, uh, so yeah, like my point is that definitely '90s are hot for us, but I don't know if our hot, you know, in Chicago in particular. It's hot enough where we need to like try to cultivate varieties that grow well here, you know. Again, this is an uneducated yeah. response. I can, I can imagine no, I that think, for a place like where you live.
0: I think you're exactly right. I think it's quite the opposite where you have to have varieties that are for cool weather. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But let's not get hung up on varieties right now because that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Um, we, can, we can we definitely may have a conversation about that in the future because. I've been having a rough time with varieties as of lately. Just
1: for the record, I wasn't getting hung up, but if I so choose I to get hung up,
0: no, I was fixing to get yeah, hung up. No. That's I was talking to myself, no. like I was fixing to be like get into it. So, so that's
1: just my my um, preamble. I'm just that's your note. You're you've been put on yeah. notice where if you try to cut a thing short in the future. I'm just letting you know where I'm coming from. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Be prepared. right?
0: Well, and let's say this about heat resistant selection, though. Like if you're forecasted to get like a week of heat, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't I don't really think you need that much of a you don't need to focus on a heat resistant variety. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're like, I mean, we're going to be, I think, three weeks above 90s. Above ninety, I think that that's kind of like that warrants it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it depends on what you're growing too. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that really like you've you've brought up lettuce, and it may not be the best time for that yeah. right now, you know. I've got my Brussels sprouts out, some of them planted, and boy, do they struggle mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. They're having a hard time, but I'm gonna get in into a minute what we're gonna do about that. And, um, I mean, the first thing we can do is we can work with our watering strategies. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is where we really get into mitigating the issue. Um, First of all, we did an episode about this, but just to summarize the whole thing, if you water in the middle of the day, your leaves will not burn. (laughs) So, there's that. (laughs) Yeah, that is a well-warranted bell. So, um, just understand that. And this is a method that a lot of um, growers use and stuff like that, where they'll go out in the middle of the day. And if you're at work, you can set a timer. Um, I strongly suggest everybody invest in some kind of programmable timer, because you never know when you'll need it. But you could do something as simple as setting a sprinkler to come on for... 15 minutes in the middle of the day and just cool down those leaves and then as that evaporates it'll continue to cool down for an extended period of time and get your plants through that hottest part of the day
1: Mm. i've not i've not ever done that but again think about where i live compared to where you live
0: yeah yeah, I've done that a lot. So, There's um, a, I've definitely noticed a difference. Have you
1: ever picked some greens and brought them into the house? And at some point, you know, you didn't work with them and they started to wilt a little bit, whether you picked them from your garden or the grocery store. Um, I've done that. And what I typically will do is run some cold water in the, refriger- in the refrigerator, in the sink. And I'll put those greens in the sink. And guess what happens? Rejuvenation. You know, so I, I get, yeah, I get me, right the idea behind it.
0: So, um, I mean, how often are you watering right now?
1: <sighs> you know, it's, it's I'm watering my containers about twice a week. like So that's the minimum. Um, and that's anywhere from five-gallon containers up to 20-gallon. Um, I'm making some slight adjustments also because of some of this stuff is maturing. You know, so the roots are growing. You know, there's less soil in those containers. Um, my raised beds, because now I'm at this period where i have a combination of things that are maturing and or mature or things that i am um, have direct so so that's you know these are smaller um so i'm generally uh, about every five days or so yeah so normally i try to do- go once every seven days so uh, it's a little bit tighter of a window
0: um so i went to um drip irrigation this mm-hmm. year
1: Oh, Um, just to clarify, water by hand unless, you know, we get into a real hot piece where I'll put a sprinkler on a timer or if I'm out of town or something. But generally, I'm watering by hand. That's what I'm describing.
0: Yeah, I have my timer set for my system. Um, So what I had been doing is, okay. well, first of all, last year I did a regular sprinkler and I was watering every other day. Um, I started that. I started going every other day in about May when I did overhead watering and then this year switching to it, I just switched in um, the beginning of July to going every other day with the drip system. So I was watering every three days (laughs) at first. Um, And that's something you can do is upping your watering (laughs) because it'll evaporate out. But what I've learned recently off of a lot of research is a lot of times it's not, Especially, and I mean, I know a lot of us aren't planting stuff that can bolt, but the concept remains that it's the roots getting hot that causes the stress to the plant. Mm -hmm. So, watering will cool those roots down. So, I'm watering more, but then I'm also mulching at the same time.
1: I mean, I think those basics, if this is not a good time... I don't know when it is. Um, I pulled a couple of plants out and they left a, a hole, so to speak, quite literally. Yeah. But then I also looked and said, you know, this mulch is going back now on four months. Right. It's yeah. broken down some as well. So let me come in with a, you know, not I'm not mulching, remulching everything in the garden, but I am going back through it and saying, all right, I can start to see some soil here. Right. Let me make let me come in and let me add a few more leaves yep. here because that's what I'm primarily using. The majority of my spaces have shredded leaves, which is a whole different conversation, which, you know, Leonard needs to add to the things that we're doing that are hurting our garden despite our best efforts. Bookmark it. Um,
0: We'll work on that title. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, you know, that's the reason why I don't create the titles ever. (laughs) You, you ever see what I say in my recording? I'm like, I try to get a little creative. Never has a title that I've created made it to air. And you all are better off for it.
0: There's not enough characters.
1: It's like the paragraph It's like wrapping around text. Um, but the majority of the garden is shredded leaves, a free resource, And then I have some other spaces that have straw that I've purchased that I put down. Um, So the straw isn't, it breaks down, of course, but not at the uh, much, the leaves break down at a much more rapid level uh, compared to the straw. So anywho, coming back in to this hot spell, you know, this hot month, making sure that I have mulched appropriately, applied additional mulch where necessary. Um, And you're absolutely right. Like, there is a a level of watering and watering deeply that matters. And that's the reason why I've increased in some cases up to two times a week, depending on, you know, the wind, the what, um, I do have this unfounded theory of like, if I water with my sprinkler, I feel like I may be, you know, especially as the season gets on, um, aiding in my plants being sick and someone go back. Let's look at tomato gate last year. When did that start? Because I feel like maybe I'm on the other side of it.
0: No, Tomato Gate started, I think it was in September.
1: No, it was mid August, I think.
0: Was it mid August? Yes, I think I was starting to get
1: red tomatoes. So, yeah, I'm not there yet. (sighs) So close. But, anywho. I bring it up because that also feeds into the reason why I continue to water by hand, like I'm trying to avoid it. It'd be nice to water as time consuming as it is by hand this year to see if it makes a difference with you know, the outcome of my garden. But anyway, that's a long answer to, yeah, mulch and water. <laughs> yeah,
0: just upping your schedule, too. And I mean, <clears throat> don't be afraid to adjust it, too. And that's the problem like I've had with timers in the past up until a couple of years ago is I'd set a schedule and I've just like set it and forget it. But sometimes you need to adjust it. And I've gotten to where I'm more like water conscious lately. And so I'll change it as needed. But right now it's going to be, it's been so hot that it's like I'll run it for a while. But as soon as we start getting into like the eighties, mm-hmm. the mid to low eighties during the day, then I'll probably go back to, you know, every three days watering, which seems to work pretty well. But, That will cool your roots and really help.
1: Yeah. But I mean I think if you go all the way back to the beginning, it's like put your hand in the dirt. Right? Like, you know, it's just not this schedule you should come up with and just follow the schedule. This is based on you monitoring your garden space, you recognizing the heat that's ahead and knowing what's worked in the past, right? You know, and then you make adjustments for no that I've come out in the middle of the day like, Oh no, let me get out here. My greens are wilting, which sometimes will happen, you know, especially once we get to August you're right? you know um, but sometimes it's oh I haven't watered in like 10 days like what the heck happened right you know so yeah. um, and in some cases most times my plants rebound from it but if a plant is going limp for too long then those leaves become tattered and, you know, they're really not going to benefit the plant. Just as an offshoot. Keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you see your plant wilting, you need to water it right then. Don't wait. Like, you need to stop what you're doing and water it or else, you know, you can really suffer some major damage to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And water it deeply, too. Don't just give it a little bit. Go ahead and get those roots Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. saturated. Um, The other thing you can do is you can add shade. So there's a lot of good videos out there of people with infrared thermometers and studies and stuff like that. And shade cloth is very, very cheap. Um, I believe we have it in our Amazon link below, Um, which if you use that, you'll get a little very, very small amount back. But um, that will help to lower the temperature underneath it. You just want to make sure that the shade cloth does not touch the leaves because that can actually magnify the heat. So give it some space. Um, I There's different th- um, light admittance through them. So you can judge anywhere from 50% to 85% light admittance. But just even like an 85% light admittance will lower the temperature under it like... 10 to 15 degrees almost. It's amazing how much it'll lower the amount of sun you're getting. And so, um, for me, like my Brussels sprouts, I went out there yesterday and saw them struggling. So, I'm going to try and rig up some kind of shade over it to help manage that middle-of-the-day heat. And the way it works is when the sun comes overhead, it's going to kind of give it a break. And cool it down a little bit. And then as it passes, it'll continue, it'll heat back up. But it's not sustained heat hitting it all the time. Think about sitting under a tree. Nobody's like, oh, I got to take a break. Let me sit in the middle of a field. They go to the edge of the field and sit under the tree.
1: Yeah. The um, one of the chairs in the garden, it's in the front yard under the trellis, uh, under the uh, cattle panel trellis. And the sun comes up around 9 a.m like comes up to the front yard garden around 9 a.m. And it's, I I was just saying this recently, I always forget to start my garden day in the front yard. You know, it feels like by the time I wake up and get, you know, clothes on and, and get my coffee and do a scan for raccoons. And once I, you know, check off all of those things, the backyard is already sunny and hot. You know, so why not start in a place that's going to be cool? So anyway, I was sitting in my little chair and having my coffee and, um, And then at like 8.55, boy, that heat hit my shoulder, you know, my bare shoulder, you know, and I'm just like, gosh, the power in it, you know, immediately uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. And think about those plants that are sitting there like, all right, here we go again, another day, you know.
0: Have you ever used any kind of shade?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, No, not the traditional um, kind. I have used kind of my poor man's attempt because of the way our, our summers work, I've not felt the need to have shade cloth, like purchase it. But what I do have is that really cheap landscape fabric, like the cheapest kind that you can buy that should never mm-hmm. be used in a landscape. Before I realized that I had bought like a couple of rolls or something. It's, oh, no, I didn't buy it for that. I actually bought it to line some uh, planters but that's a different conversation. So I still have some rolls. So I have, I did this back in the spring when I was hardening things off, when I was too lazy to bring everything back in. I just covered it, it's really thick. It's almost like, you know, it's very little light transmission. And so I've used that when I've planted new, like put new uh, seedlings out in the heat of the day, which I don't recommend. But if my schedule is, you know, that's what it is. Um, So it's kind of like a spot shade just for like 24 hours or something. Um,
0: yeah, it's like people that'll plant their seedlings out and then put like pots over yep. them to create shade. Same yeah, idea. I've done that
1: too. Yeah. So, but that's me. This
0: is just a more sustained process. Yeah, but
1: not like entire garden beds or whatever have you. And I'm I'm really yeah. thankful that I haven't had to do that. But you know, I got the set up because I got hoops everywhere and you know, <laughs> things rigged up all over the place if I needed to. Yeah,
0: you do, and um, that is I. You know, I took my hoops down this year and at this point I'm wishing I had to had them up, but I still have, I have a pretty good idea. So I'm going to make one and actually I'm going to make a video about it. Um, so when it goes down though, um, you know, like I said, I think I paid 20 bucks for like 40 feet of it or something. It was something crazy cheap. So, um, I'm going to take it and cut it to the, a little bit bigger than the width of the bed and just kind of make a lean to over it. And that should really help. Um, we'll see how it goes though. But this is kind of piggybacking. Oh, wait, hold on. And the other thing you can do, too, which you haven't done, if you haven't done it now, it's probably too late. But planning your garden in the future is you can plant stuff that's taller that will create shade on some of these tender mm-hmm, plants. Mm-hmm. So you can do stuff like that, too. Um,
1: but that's more for a future you know, reference, because if we're in the thick of it now, but that's a really good point. Um, and I've stumbled upon that.
0: <laughs> yeah I have too that's how I learned is I kind of did it by accident but it worked out really good yeah. um, so just you know keep that in your your toolbox for next year um, like I said like I've always say, like gardening we're always looking forward mm-hmm. and we're always learning for the future mm-hmm. so um, those are the two things and then it you got to talk about pest and disease right now mm-hmm. Mo- more than likely um, I really want to talk about pest because I have a situation occurring where I had um, Japanese beetles really bad. But what they did, not only did they eat my plants, which isn't a big deal, but what they did is they transferred a virus to the plants. Oh, no. Yeah, so some of my green beans wilted and died on me, and I was like, what's going on? Well, they were decimating my plants, and then as I got into it and I did some reading, and I've heard this a lot, but until I saw it, I was like, there's no reason... Like, I rotate my crops. I haven't had green beans here in three years. There's not really, there's fresh soil. I'm not really picking up on why there would be a disease. And then it dawned on me they transferred a a wilt disease to my plant. So, what we're talking, what I mean here is you've got extreme heat, or you've just got abnormal heat. Let's put it that way, because not everybody's got extreme heat, but more than you're used to. And then you've got plants chewing on it, which gives it stress. And then all of a sudden those two things combine, not to mention, and my theory is that we all underwater our gardens. I'm (laughs) fairly convinced that an inch is not enough per week. So you've got these multiple stressors going on which weakens the immune system of the plant. And then the virus can get transferred to it easily and it cannot combat it. And I think that's what happened to me. I didn't decimate my crop at all. It seems to have really localized Mm -hmm. now that the beetles are gone and everything's growing again. I don't see any issue, Um, but I do. You you definitely want to stay on top of that. So continue if you're spraying or handpicking or anything. If you're spraying, make sure you're doing it late in the evenings because anything added in the heat will burn your plants. So do it in the evenings and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Okay. Work for you. Yeah. So, um, pest for me, um, beyond the cabbage moth that's with me all throughout the growing season, this is the time of year that, um, I have aphids and white flies. Again, think what you want when it comes to how big of a problem that is. Um, But, you know, the humidity is at an all-time high in my area, you know, once we get to this place. And um, this, for me, becomes a more problematic area because it's just not a pleasant time to be in the guard. But it's a time that you got to stay in the guard because if you're not there to see what's happening, you're not there to try to add some preventative measures or manage what's already done, you know, as far as potential damage. Um, so for me and, you know, every year I'm ready to change and do something more, but quick, uh, spray of the water hose and, you know, beat those things back and down. (laughs) I, um, I was in my tomato plants a couple of weeks ago and I was like, pruning a little bit, tying some things up. And I had, again, bare arms. And I pulled my arms back with all kinds of green little aphids. And um, you should have saw me walking in my house. It reminded me of the days when, <laughs> you know, I used to go out like, you know, this is 20 years ago, go out to clubs and whatnot. This is even back when you used to be able to smoke in in clubs in Illinois and bars and stuff. And when I used to get home, I would put all of my clothes in a pile, Cause I just, I didn't want the smoke smell to get even to my laundry basket or whatever. So I was like walking like a mummy trying to make sure that, you know, I could get to the shower and then put my...
0: Like a surgeon. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then get to like get all of my clothes. Cause I know they were in there, like get them to the wash immediately. So anyway, they're out there, they're clinging to plants. They're ready to cling to you. Um, you know, these times are kind of tough on them too. Right. you know, so, mm-hmm. so they're looking for opportunities to, you know, find a reprieve, you know. Uh, so. So, yeah, you, this is if not, this is probably the the most vigilant I think you have to be when it comes to pest as far as time of year.
0: Yeah, it is. And it, it just it leads to a whole lot of other issues. So um, there's a couple of things to to note as we, we get deep into the show. Um, one is self-care through this time. Um, You know, I know we all love working in our gardens and stuff, but be really careful drinking water, all that stuff. I've had this new thing this year that's been occurring to me where I'd come back in and I don't know what's going on with me, but my legs are sweating really bad and they're Mm. sweating through my pants. And so I've gotten to where I've been drinking like electrolyte tabs and stuff like that, trying to just because... Um, heat stroke's a real mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know people that have died from heat stroke and stuff like that and just had like really bad effects. So, just be very careful with that. And, um, also, and just, just yeah, a go Quick ahead.
1: note on, on the heat definitely drink water. You know, and it, it sounds cliche, but stay hydrated, but also take breaks, right? Like, I will come into the house where I am Illinoisan with air conditioning. My unit is pretty old, so let's hope I still have it. But anyway, um, the cooling the body off, right. That becomes really key. And you're not really mm-hmm. cooling off, still sitting in the sun. You know? So no. even if it's five minutes, you're standing in a cooler space, you're standing maybe in front of a fan that matters. Right. <laughs> you know,
0: It does matter. It makes a big difference. And I mean, use your time wisely. Like for me, I'll go out in the morning and that in the evening, but in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. like I, I'm not going, I refuse to go out there and do anything. Um,
1: the only thing so, that, that brings me out in the middle of the day is that bed that I forgot to water and I'm looking at the plant mm-hmm. struggle that's on occasion or I want to grab something for a lunch. But I basically swear off the garden from like 10 to 3, you know, a yeah. lot of days because it's just it's yeah, uncomfortable and I don't have to garden when it's uncomfortable. Fortunately for me, you know, I do have some reprieve in the mornings and late, late evenings.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even here, like we'll get these hot days, but you go out in the evening, and you're like, wow, I feel so much better, and it's like 92 degrees instead, <laughs> but, you know, um, and humidity factors into it and all that stuff, um, so just just be careful, be very careful, and um, uh, know your limits, don't push yourself too hard, but also know this, this is really important, this heat Remember when I was saying it can't last forever and it's going to break?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's going to bust wide open into fall planting time. Mm-hmm. So know that now you need to really be getting ready and really thinking about your fall gardens. Because as soon as it starts to break, that spade's hitting the ground. Yeah. And things are going, to, or for me, it's a hoe. But, you know, we're getting it in the ground and we're getting stuff planted. So um, just know that that's coming and you can start. Getting ready for it now. uh, Pulling out diseased plants and stuff like that. And look, just go out there and clip them and leave the rest. Just don't do anything crazy. (laughs) But, you know, getting your garden ready for that. Because a little bit every day adds up to a whole lot. Many hands make for light work. Absolutely. So, you know, get out there and get it done. And just know that fall is right around the corner. So...
1: If you'd be interested in the number of days between now and fall, you could ask Siri, you could ask Alexa, or you can go to timeanddate.com.
0: You could, but I don't want to know because it makes me sad. (laughs) I don't ever want it to get cool again. (laughs) So, um, those are just some easy easy things to do. I mean, the biggest one for me is the watering and the shade. I think those are the biggest ones. The heat-tolerant. As if you've planned correctly, I think that can work out. But other than that, um, I think, that being said, it is time to answer the question of the day. But first, oh, okay. I definitely need to tell you about the Planter app. So, the Planter app is an app that is made specifically for gardeners by a gardener. It has multiple plant varieties that you can use different plants you can put custom plants in it's all square foot gardening so you can put it in it's a drag and drop interface really easy make multiple profiles so you can review them each year and go back to it i personally use it in my garden and love it and i know batavia has been using it so definitely check it out there's a link below That will get you a discount on the Planner app, and it's available on Android and Apple both. And you can use... Also, there's computer interface, too, if you want a bigger screen. So check that out. And if you have any questions or you want any kind of adjustments or anything, the, um, the creator of it has always updates it and adds in suggestions and stuff like that that people have made and it has grown to be a powerhouse of an app over the past couple years so definitely check out the planter app
1: the crowd going wild ah, it's a winner (laughs) super cool super cool super cool
0: okay so this one comes from spotify um and if you'd like to leave us a question you can do it on spotify And this comes from the episode about summer pests in the garden. Um, Tyler writes, how do you deter birds from digging up your seeds? I'm having a difficult time keeping birds from eating my pole bean seeds. I've tried the method of mixing water, cayenne pepper, and a little soap. I feel your pain. Um, I've had a lot of problems with birds this year, actually, so we can get into this. Um, do you have problems with birds?
1: Um, um, not especially. I mean, they're in my garden. I mean, my biggest issue is they, you know, they're pooping in ide- unideal places, not ideal places, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: the mockingbirds ate all my blueberries in one week time. I didn't get a single blueberry oh, harvest wow. this year, and I was loaded. Yeah.
1: yeah. That sucks. So I'm we're going to have
0: to take care of that. Yeah. So, first of all, uh, Tyler. You used um, water and cayenne pepper and soap. So that is a good deterrent kind of for other animals, but not birds. Mm -hmm. Birds don't smell.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. So the
0: cayenne pepper does not bother their nose. That will work for mammals and stuff like that. Uh, And generally, you don't mix it with water. If you want to do it for mammals and stuff, you just sprinkle the cayenne pepper around your garden And it'll affect, especially deer and stuff like that. But anytime it gets wet, it'll clump up and then it loses that. So you want that loose powder to go up into their nostrils and choke them. I mean, let's be honest. That's what it's doing. So imagine if you just went and huffed some. um, I'll tell you a story about that at the end. um, About you just huffed some cayenne pepper. So I know Batavia uses tool fabric.
1: Um, I use so tool fabric, a- but we're going to add to the Amazon store. This this is the second year I've used it. This garden netting—it's really designed for things like keeping birds off of plants. Like, you know, I'm sure the advertisement probably has like some berry bushes or something. Um, and so clearly they can their little beaks can peck through the holes that are in the netting. But depending on the way that you set it up, it's the, even if they peck through it, they're not coming in contact with whatever the thing is. And depending on your setup, yeah. and by the way, hey, Tyler, um, depending on your setup, <laughs> <laughs> I kept on waiting for my end and I'm like, we're at the end of this thing. Um, depending on your setup, you know, this would be temporary for you. You know, I mean, Tyler, I trust that you've listened to multiple episodes. And if you have, thank you. You know, like cover is my go-to. Right, you know, and so my garden probably, if I put it for my beans or peas or either or both, would stay there. But if that's not your thing, you can put it there for a period of time, you know, because it sounds like they're just they're eating the, the seedlings that are new, not necessarily attacking the plant. If he has an opportunity for it to grow, or maybe he's not had that opportunity yet. But anyway, the garden well, netting is a uh, it's my it's my garden jam now.
0: I will say this. Um I'm, I'm not into the netting and I may have to be next year. So there is that, but I, I will also say this and I've said it before and a lot of people don't believe me. And I'm actually, my mom's been doing this where she has deer come in her yard. She feeds the deer. She's got five garden beds and they're not bothering her garden. So you could always feed the birds at a distance mm-hmm, from your garden, mm-hmm. give them something else to like be into mm-hmm. and then do that. But I would, I mean, for what he's referring to, covering them until they actually sprout could very well just kind of get away, get them, you know, get that plant started so it can get mm. growing, I think is the right way to go.
1: And the reason why I so, brought up the garden um, netting versus the tool fabric is because the tool fabric is so delicate. And um, I actually had someone comment recently on how they have, she said, they we have some aggressive squirrels. Like that's that scares me when you describe squirrels in that way. And they've torn yeah. through the netting, you know, so obviously I, I don't I've never had birds that I can see that I believe have eaten seedlings. Um, I most times can see where the damage comes from them. Um, but I don't know if, you know, they got the sense that there's some things to eat there if they wouldn't try to peck through um that i'm inclined to say probably not but i feel like you can get more use if you're going to buy something you get more use out of the garden netting than you can the tool fabric yeah unless you're growing uh, like a bunch of collard greens and if that's the case you know what to do
0: (laughs) well and also remember this the birds will eat the pests off of your garden too Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we don't want to eliminate them completely but they're you know like they ate all my blueberries that's not cool and it was the mockingbirds so we're going to be try and be short a couple mockingbirds this year if you know what i'm saying
1: i think i know what you're saying but
0: um yeah so thank you tyler and if you guys want to leave a question um you can do so on spotify unfortunately we cannot answer you directly so we have decided to do it this way you can also leave us a question on backyard gardens community garden facebook page <laughs> look at that somebody's on point you can do that uh, and patreon as well so those are the three places that we will pull questions from and answer them on the air
1: it'd be great if um, on the was... community garden posts if you can label them you know for a question of the day for qotd and by the way hey everyone Facebook has made some updates that make it much easier for young Batavia to actually see the posts that are going up. Um, So don't be surprised if I'm not popping in a bit more often. And plus my garden is almost completely planted. And so I'm not obsessed with being outside and doing non social media things anymore.
0: So I told you I was going to tell you a story about um, cayenne pepper stuff, right? Mm. Um, I had a guy at one point, he grew some horseradish and he gave it to me, mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, I was preserving it, so I ground it up, and I opened up the the um, food processor, and I was like, "Woo, fresh horseradish is strong, right?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I told my wife, I said, "I said, baby, come over here and smell it." I was like, "This is the most amazing smell ever," and I opened it up, and she opened the top and went as hard as she could and it just totally gagged her it was horrible i was like why would you do that it's horseradish so she learned her lesson but that was a good remembrance of like why these things work you know on your garden and stuff like that like putting all the spicy smells out there
1: you're basically pranking her then well what do you mean why does she learn her lesson
0: Mhm. She's. I'm evil. <laughs> I'm evil. I'm not gonna. I mean, I don't have to lie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's. No, she learned her lesson in trusting you. Um, to smell. She things. tells that
0: story to people yeah. like every year. Makes me look like a jerk. So I just threw it out there in public.
1: Understandably so. So um. Yeah. Although I'm sure it was pretty so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> it was funny on my end.
0: She laughed, but it was painful to watch because I was like, man.
1: I didn't know um, you were gonna inhale yeah. that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I expect her to go up and give it a little sniff. <laughs> So if you guys want to support the show, check us out on Patreon, become an Apple subscriber, buy a t-shirt, links are below for all the stuff that can help us. Um, You can check me out on Sandy Bottom Homestead, YouTube and Batavia on Be Better Gardens. And until next time, remember, let's continue to learn to grow and grow for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time.
1: All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.
0: Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up.
0: You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description.
1: With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya!